This is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. We want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And we have a guest back. Well, I could say back, but I mean, the first time we did the yay with Kimberly Ridgeway, it was via Zoom. And now she's oh. here. I know. I thought that I thought that this was like her second wow. time. I was like, you know how to get here. And she's like, what are you talking about? This is my first time being here. Mm. Kim, how are you? I am good. Thank you so much again for having me. Absolutely. Especially in the rain. I was like, listen, if we need to cancel, that's cool. But, you know, we braved it. So here we are. I'll get here in the rain for you, too. Awesome. <laughs> that is so, so cool. Uh, writer, director, actress, you're doing all sorts of really, really cool things. Uh, you'll be at Shotgun for doing a reading of Siren. You mm, will be nice. um, acting at the Altarina to doing slow, fo- mm-hmm. slow Food. And you're also directing a reading for Rhino, uh, which is uh, Apologies to Lorraine Hansberry, you too, uh, August, August Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll huh. be doing a bunch of other stuff too. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, it's been a pretty... Uh crazy January so far. Um, so yeah, those two sirens and slow food, um, were this week, actually mm-hmm. slow food opens, um, on Friday and then the reading stage reading for theater right now will be February 7th. And that will be actually in person. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. other two that I did readings for them were all virtual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And but are I mean, you directing all those or I'm, uh, slow food I'm in, Sirens I was in, and then, uh, yes. The, You're directing the Lorraine Hansberry. I'm directing the reading, yes. I'm, I'm curious about that one. Yeah, yeah, that's going to Because it's only been in recent years that folks have even been saying anything about her and her identity. Oh, Lorraine Hansberry? Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah, the actual play is not about okay. Lorraine Hansberry or August Wilson. It mm-hmm. is a kind of... Um, we're going to call it a little fantasy mm-hmm. about a um, city. <laughs> don't, worry, don't, don't mind me. About a city that is created by this playwright um, that is that only allows black people to be able to live there. So it's this their safe space. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so act one. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give anything away, but Act One is very theatrical in the way that we know what normal theater is. Sure. And Act Two, it's a whole lot of breaking that fourth wall to talk okay. to the audience about okay. what they be, what they've been seeing. So it's pretty amazing. I, I definitely want to find out more about this. Okay. Yeah, I will email cool. you. How was um, your New Year's? Uh, you New Year's was in Reno, so uh, this is apparently the year of travel for me. Um, we started off. Out of the state in Reno, Mara had a gig. Um, she had played with this, uh, there's a Cuban player. He'd been in the Bay Area, left like 20 years ago or something, went to Miami, you know, in that area and has been playing. Came back to visit family last summer and a promoter heard about it and ended up putting together like four, they had a week, less, you know, an extended weekend really. Of concerts, four concerts for him. He was at the San Francisco Jazz Center. Um, uh, the uh, Yerba Buena Gardens does a whole summer thing. They squeezed him into that, and they must have got in early enough so it was in the program, in their summer program. Um, but yeah, they ended up having these four dates. Mara knows him from back in the day, so all these people came back together. And then there's family stuff like they were talking about his daughter who used to be three years old when Mara first met her, and now she's a grown woman with kids. She sings, and it's kind of neat. She and her father would get up there and sing together. Anyway, whole big thing, and it was so well-received, this promoter was able to talk to this casino in Reno, and they got they put us up for two nights, we, Friday night, Saturday night, and we got lucky. <laughs> oh, did put we get up, lucky. Put up free? For free? Oh no! Just the band, that and um, and a nice fat per diem, oh, and, wow. and even a little coupon for fifteen dollars for gambling, which we did not use. <laughs> I kicked myself because we we're getting ready to leave, and I'm like, "Where's the coupon? I'll I'll do it on the way out the door." I just you know, but yeah. So we got there on Friday. We left early Friday morning. Rode in the rain, drove through the rain, but no snow, got over the pass. We had chains in the back, but didn't have to pull them out. 
got all the way into town, <coughs> kept raining, kept raining, middle of the night it started snowing, it snowed all day Saturday, we went out, walked in the snow, it was very fun, walked out in the parking lot in the snow, and I was like, can we go back inside now, I'm done with this, it's more like, the if you haven't been in the snow, that fascination of these huge flakes, like just falling on your face, and they can be big but when they hit, they're just so soft, and they're mm-hmm. not immediately cold. It's it's an, it's an amazing sensation. But it also means all the snow under your feet, as soon as you're stepping on it, becomes ice. Mm-hmm. And you got to know how to walk on that, or yep. you'll end up on... We didn't see anybody land on their ass, and I did not land on my ass, but that's when I was like... Can we go back inside? <laughs> it reminds me so much of the East Coast, uh, just, you know... Of course. Being in D.C. or New York, and the heavy snowfalls and all that stuff. The minute you mentioned that, I was thinking of the Richard Wright haiku. <gasps> that Yeah, the one we even, closed Even with. my old friends feel like newly met strangers in the first snowfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so poetic. Yeah, no, it was... Um, so that was wonderful. Watching her play is wonderful. Uh, last night, she was like... Uh, I think I'm going to go check out this band at Kana. And I'm like, okay, the little place between Lakeshore and Grand. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a Cuban mm-hmm. restaurant. Um, so we walk in, and we actually were coming separately. But I saw her walking across the street as <clears> I was parking. And I was like, okay. So I walk in the door. She says, I need to talk to a couple of people. I sit down at the bar, and I look up, and I'm hearing... The band had just started playing. They were just coming off a break. I hear this sound, and I'm like, and I look over there, and sure enough, there she is, just going. Oh, she joined the band. And she, she, they asked her to guess. Nice. And so she opened the song from their, you know, from them taking a break. Um, they did another song. Then they had her come back up, and they did a Caravan, this very bluesy version of Caravan. It's hard to describe what they did, but they kind of stretched it a little bit and mm-hmm. played with it. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. And I was like, this is who I'm married to. <laughs> okay. So uh, we're doing that. Yeah. Um, I am trying to get out of town. So I know you, at some point you're going to ask me about next week. And I'm like, yeah, let's say next week. But yeah. I am trying to find a time to get out of town. Um, family. Oh, sure, sure, family sure. Stuff. We've talked, yeah. And so if that happens, that'll be traveling again. But I'm also trying to get to an dentist. I... I have heard this this legend of the Tijuana dentist who will take care of your teeth for less money than it costs you to even go talk to a dentist here. Oh. Um, so I'm trying to make that happen. And then in May, um, and in fact, I've got to confirm this today. Yeah. Um, in May, uh, word for word, Paris. we're going to Paris. So, mm-hmm. so this year is a travel year. Yeah, the typical Norman G. busy year and all that I, stuff. I'm typical, and you know, the other big thing for me with 2023 is mental health. Um, I started counseling um, just before the turn of the year. Yeah, and um, and now I'm also trying to get couples counseling, and I love this. And um, in order to get, I'm going through the VA. In order to get the couples counseling, they want to intake you, right? So. Um, as part of the intake, they ask you about substance abuse and are you suicidal and all this stuff. And I was like, well, they said the average um, okay drinking was seven, uh, averaging seven a week. And I was like, okay, I'm doing more than that. When, when I first signed up, I was doing about twice that. And I was like, mm. So before I even got in and talked to a counselor, I'd already went, well, wait a minute. Maybe I could just slow this down. And I'd been doing it. Um, but... For me, it was all just to get to the couples counseling. And I feel like what they have is, well, it's the military. Like, um, I first heard about this with a medic. There was a medic who, she's actually a national figure now, but uh, she started off in Oakland trying to run for city council. Hmm. And she said, I'm a medic. Let Let me tell you the difference between a medic and a doctor. A doctor is trying to take care of you. A medic is trying to serve the mission. So if you got a hurt arm... And you got a gut, and you, the other guy, have a gut wound. I'm gonna bandage up your hurt arm because we can get you back to the front. Your gut wound, you're not going anywhere, so we're gonna give you some morphine or something and put you to the side. Um, similarly, for mental health, they're worried about people on the street, people 
you know, suicidal people, PTSD people involved. Yeah, with and it sounds like they're looking for the catch for phrases that you may say, like, you know, are you thinking of committing suicide? You know, have you had pills or something? Yeah, Do you, you own a gun? You can't call in without getting all that. But also, <clears throat> when you're face to face, they, I think they are required to ask all these questions. Mm. So I've, I've, I've easily a dozen times at this point, I've answered these questions to people. And when we get down to it, I'm like, well, so I want to deal with this thing. I'm just trying to get better communication with my wife. Yeah. I'm getting older. My career happens to be going very nicely right now. This is new for me. So it's freaking me out a little bit. And Mm. I'm probably bringing some of that energy home. Um, I'm older and I'm thinking about retirement. My wife is younger than me. She is not thinking about retirement. So even raising the subject... (laughs) is worse than a fart. Yeah. And so there's no mechanism, there's no way for us to communicate around these things. And so I'm like, I don't want to wait until there's some major problem and we're like, oh, we can't handle it. I'm like, you know what? I'm seeing that we keep hitting these little bumps. So can we get some help? And I'm finally, as of this week, Somebody finally called me to say, we're so sorry. We saw that the request for this went in two months ago. We're so sorry. We're just getting to you, but we have somebody lined up. They should be calling you within the Well, that's week. good, but that's a horrible critique on <clears throat> the this, the state of psychiatry and mental health. Well, and, and medicine in America, because that's really what this is, is. But the VA is better than so many places because they're... It's bureaucracy because they have to account for what they're doing in yeah. order to justify their budget. Yeah. But the need is so clear that they have no trouble generating numbers to say, yes, we are helping people, but they are required to jump through all these hoops to get you there. I have a feeling when we did episode 155, when you were on, Kim, I think we touched on this mental health, especially black mental health. We did. And, um, you know, especially, and that was... On the cusp of COVID. Well, then right. COVID was happening. Well, that was right. part was of it because June people were going year. stir crazy. Yeah, right. yeah. And I could sort of tie it in. I mean, there have been some current events. Um, uh. So what's interesting is, so the first week of this year, 2023, mm-hmm. talking about mental health, um, three men basically wiped out their families. Right. Uh, one in, I believe it was in Utah, one was in Michigan, one was in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Also in California, a man drove off uh, Tesla oh, with right. his family. I think you heard about that. Yeah, and because be- the Tesla records, so there's actually images. Yeah, but uh, the article that I read was had said, hey, what is it about these men who are doing this? And also, why the beginning of the new year? It talked right. about how a lot of women who are in bad relationships We'll try to use the new year and the resolution. This is the year I'm getting out of this. Right, right. Which is the most tense time for a relationship where things like this happen. Right, so right. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a horrible way to begin the new year. Also, um, so the six-year-old who shot his teacher, um, they're Ooh. now, the, the school is now having metal detectors for elementary schools. Right. That is so, so... I know, I bring up but all these... Probably, uh, but probably in a state where you're allowed to carry a weapon, so how are you going to police this? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's... And also, metal detectors aren't a new idea when it comes to mm-hmm. schools, mm-hmm. Right. which in itself is a sad commentary about yeah, where we are in this country. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can understand high school, but for God's sake, elementary school. So, it's just, yeah. Okay, so not to bum everybody out. <laughs> I think oh, I got yeah, all let's the- get to the clown. Let's get to the clown. <laughs> so I've made a list of all of the lies, George Santos, and this fire has not gone out. No, it, so it he's, keeps he, growing. He has a part of a he was part of a Ponzi scheme. Yep. Says he was Jewish. We talked about that. Yep. <laughs> Mentioned that his family or his relatives were a part of a hol- the, the Holocaust. The grandparents were and, Holocaust survivors. Yeah, we talked about the college. Now he says he was a soccer star at right. his college. Well, he said it. He had said he was. And yeah. So that's why the state GOP has just denied him. They're like, please resign. <laughs> exactly. And when I think about voting, it's almost like you, you buy something. You know, when you vote, we don't think about voting as far as purchasing something, but it's like buyer beware. You know, right. do you look at a product or look at the contents before you buy? And mm-hmm. did you look at, and some people are blaming the media. It's like, well, why didn't ABC and NBC vet this individual? And the Dems. It's the Dems' fault that y'all oh, put up Democrats. a bad guy. Yeah. No, the best thing the GOP could do right now is to put up another candidate and say, we don't know how this happened. We're going to investigate it. But here's our replacement guy. Here's a good guy. Mm -hmm. And he's vetted. And 
He's transparent and... Yeah, we'll see. Kim, do you have a hot take on this and also what happened with uh, the Ken, Kevin McCarthy thing? I mean, just... Ooh, this, history. you know, the GOP, you know, they may be happy that they're in power as far as the House is concerned. And now they're having an investigation on Biden and the paperwork that they're finding in his house. Is like, hey, it's not just Trump. It's Biden, too. Right. But I don't know. The state of affairs in America. Any thoughts? Um, my thoughts would uh, come with the caveat of how much can I curse on this? You can you curse. Can curse. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> No, I I, I don't know that, that I have any. I don't know that I have anything new to say. I just, you know, we're kind of in a state of fucked right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I would just, as you mentioned, buyer beware, right? So yeah. I would just suggest to the listening audience, the public, that we have to just ask more questions, mm-hmm. be open minded about the things that you're hearing. And um, even if you have an opinion about something, just look at look at it as a whole. Yep. Look at every situation as a whole, especially right. when it comes to our politics, because this 100 percent affects our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it very much oh, does. Because yeah. when we laugh at George Santos, mm-hmm. really, he's in Congress and there's really no way for the House to get mm-hmm. rid of him. Right. I don't even think they want to because they don't want to no. delimit interest in numbers. And I mean, we were laughing. We, live with it, huh? we were laughing a lot before November 2016. Oh yeah, right. We, and were. we know what happened we there. Right. Which, yeah, I think that's the big message in this. Is as much as all this is horrible, and we can point to all these things mm-hmm. and go, "That's bad. That's bad. That's bad." Recognize that there is a big portion of the electorate who is going, "We don't like you, Democrats, so much. We don't like you that we will vote for any mm-hmm. idiot." That's exactly right. Yeah. So y'all really, everybody needs a clean house. And that's that's the message I want politically to put out to the GOP. I'm targeting them now mm-hmm. saying, oh, y'all in charge of Congress. It's going to be a good chance. Wow. You want to go after Biden. I will fully support you if you want to get rid of all corruption. Mm-hmm. I will support any legislation that you want to put forth that will help us reduce all corruption. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. You've got my support. But if you're just going to look at our side and ignore your side, yeah. then we will continue doing what we're doing. Because the, the gorgeous thing about this Congress is we got a fat Democratic side of it that says, oh, y'all need more than just a simple majority on this vote? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm paying attention to the things that are happening in the states and all that stuff while we're distracted with George Santos. Mm-hmm. People, are, I mean, there are governors who are going to prosecute uh, companies or people who offer abortion pills uh, to women. Right, you know, they, right. They're aggressively going after that. Oh, Missouri? I yeah. just read that one this morning. This is crazy. So Missouri just wasted time in their first meeting <laughs> mm-hmm. discussing whether or not women can have bare arms. So you have a right to bear arms, mm-hmm. but, but you don't have a right. Oh, B-A-R-E. Women don't have a right to B-A-R-E in the legislature. And they're claiming the rule is just to say... That women could wear cardigans instead of blazers yeah. as, as formal wear. Yeah. Um, but the rule actually says women cannot show their bare arms in there. And it targets them without saying anything about the men. So if the men want to come in in short sleeves because it's the middle of the summer in Missouri. Yeah. Nobody care. But, oh no, you ladies can't come in. Isn't it amazing how... Burka. It's amazing how, you know, if a man gets hard, it's the woman's fault. And if a man commits a crime because he gets hard and he Mm -hmm. can't get what he wants, then all sorts of chaos. I mean, uh, working at the DA's office, I mean, every, I'm carrying to you, 80% of all cases are dealt with, you know, individuals who can't control their libido, you know, so. That's probably, yeah, I would bet that is true. It's it's absolutely crazy. (laughs) And one last funny thing, it actually happened in our office. So I was helping out a DA (laughs) who was uh, prosecuting elder abuse, um, which is, unfortunately, it happens, you know, in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And the case was, the person was found not guilty because the victim, although she was over 65, did not look 65. So she's discriminated against because she looked younger. Uh So basically the jury uh, says, well, the defendant could not have known that she was elder because she doesn't look elderly. Which I thought I thought was just absolutely uh, crazy. Uh, She's penalized 
for doing all the right things that all of us want to try to do, you know, try to stay healthy and young. So. Well, and there needs to be a default because I've, I've got a friend who argues against hate law crimes. Cause yeah. He's like, why can't the regular law? It should be a default to the regular law. So abuse is abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you can't identify her as elderly, you still shouldn't be abusing somebody. Exactly. But isn't there also something in the law about how you can't choose your victims? So if you happen to burglarize somebody Ooh. and they get, have an heart attack, you go, oh, but I didn't know that they had a heart condition. It doesn't matter. Oh, you most you, certainly can do that. Yeah, exactly. So then I don't understand how that didn't come into play here. <laughs> right. Well, I guess the, the defense is the person had to have known. I guess there had to have been, um, what do they call it? What's the term? Um you, it, well, not, not intent, but you would have had to have known. If I target you for being black, mm-hmm. I can see that you're black. If I target you for being a woman, I can see that you're being a woman. So I guess there has to be proof that the defendant knew that the person was elderly to charge for a hate crime, mm-hmm. not just assault. So clearly he could be you know, charged and convicted for assault. Mm-hmm. But we wanted the hate crime because she is elderly. But if he doesn't know that he's elderly, I guess it was a... A good defense is it's 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 horrible, but it, it is what it is. All right. With yes, that said, is. let's let's jump in the theater. Kim, you've been in, you've been doing all sorts of really really cool things. Um, Amazing things. <laughs> um, how was twenty twenty two for you? I mean, just uh, professionally, and I mean, you, you did all sorts of cool things. But I mean, some people had hard times. Some it was some very difficult. Twenty twenty two. Yes, a lot of people working. did not get back on stage. Yeah. But um, the, how was the, it for you? 2022 was actually one of the busiest times in my career. Um, I think part of that is because 2020 was just shut everything down. Uh, yeah. A lot of things got shifted. So things that um, pr- projects that I had initially contracted out to do mm-hmm. were pushed back. Yeah. So for instance, um, in 20, 2019, uh, Marilyn Langman of Contra Costa Civic Theater mm-hmm. and uh, Katina Littell at Alterina Playhouse both contracted me out to do shows. So I was supposed to direct Crowns mm-hmm. in 2020 mm. and I was supposed to direct a nice family gathering in 2020. And then those both got shifted to the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. On top of that, um, I was cast in Dot at NCTC. So oh. directed by the amazing Sean J. West. And so, um, and then right after... Dot, right before Dot opened, I started working with Playground Mm -hmm. on a show called um, The Deliverance. So it was just kind of back to back to back to back stuff. Um, And then once Nice Family Gathering opened in October, I went on a nice little vacation, Mm -hmm. came home to starting the next project, which I would love to talk about. Um, I I was um, hired to direct national pastime at Spokane Civic Theater in Washington. Mm-hmm. And my national pastime, um, written by Brian Hammertal, is about the Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I went up there the week between Christmas and New Year's and did the casting for that. And that will actually open April 14th, 2023, April 15th, 2023, by the way, is the 75th year of that occasion. Wow. And it just so so happens to be the 75th year of the theater. So everything is just kind of coming together. That's wonderful. Yeah, so that's been a really nice highlight of my 2020. Do you have folks up in Washington? I don't know nobody up there. there? Oh, wow. I was just going to ask the question, because you and I were talking off mic Uh about... <clears throat> because you had a you you taught a class at Forty Second Street Moon mm-hmm. about uh, acting. As a matter of fact, it's uh, got it written down here: an actor's guide from first impressions to final bows. Yes. The business of acting, the business of even directing, the business of theater. Mm-hmm. How do you market yourself? I mean, how did you get your name out there? Right. Um, I am probably not the best person to talk about promoting oneself because I'm very bad at that. But you but, got up to Washington. Well, but that was okay. So the story behind that is mm-hmm. Marilyn Langman mm-hmm. who was um, grew up in Spokane oh. and uh, was a child actor at that theater worked mm-hmm. at that theater I believe in marketing and then came to the Bay Area mm-hmm. they reached out to her for recommendations for a director she reached out to me and said hey does this time frame work for your schedule and I was like I'll mm-hmm. make it work if everything works out and right. so I had the meeting and then that's when they hired me so I 
have I actually have not really been or marketing. My, I hope that doesn't sound vain, but a lot no, of the, no, like, no. the shows that I've been doing over the <laughs> past time, time. six or seven years are yeah. folks reaching out to me to say, hey, Good. we would love to have you do this. Are you available? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, because I think of a lot of actors and uh, directors and even people who work in tech, like mm-hmm. let's say, you know, designers, they'll probably just work show after show after show and just hope, hey, word of mouth. I will get the phone call or whatever and sure. people will and that's fine. But I think like folks have agents. Do you have an agent? I do, but I don't do a whole lot on that side. Okay. Um I I do. They they pretty much reach out to me for on camera work. Okay. Um but I also right. have a day job. And right. I'm an ADA coordinator for a transportation company. Mm, yeah. And so it's like you know, as much as I would love to do these one-offs, like through that I did get a a, a gig with Google. So that was a two day thing. And I was able to move my schedule around to be able to do those kinds of things. But because most of, I would say 80% of the things that I do is on stage Mm -hmm. or stage related. um, It's more difficult for me to do the on camera stuff because it's usually during the day. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Do you consciously balance doing a little bit of directing, a little bit of acting, a little bit of writing? Is that a conscious decision on your part or is it just whatever the job's are available. I have learned to consciously book a vacation. <laughs> Good for you. And yep. then I will consciously work around that vacation. But yep. I do try to do one acting gig and one directing gig every year. Mm-hmm. That's hands down. What right, I have right. found is my love for directing mm-hmm. has me concentrating more on that side. Okay. So when I'm on stage as an actor, it's like, there's something about this script or this character or I really, really want to work with this theater or I really, really want to work with this director that boosts that decision to actually do that. Yeah. Um, on the directing side, I've actually turned down things because I'm like, I'm just not the right director for you because mm-hmm. I just I'm not feeling the material yeah. or what have you. Most of the time, I don't take on things just because I don't have time in my schedule and I do try to balance my daytime work day, my nighttime stuff, you know, taking care of mom, my relationships, oh, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so. I hear you. You, know, no, you, all, you all know this as well, because you all have lives outside of theater as well. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. I was just going to ask you the same thing. I, I don't even think, but do you consciously bat, um, balance between, like, do you say, hey, I've done a bunch of directing stuff. Let me let me get in back to acting. I, or, I don't do that. And. I would love to be putting myself out there more as a director. Um, What I'm finding, and that's where the whole mental health thing is coming in, is trying to find the balance. The balance, I'm trying to go in the opposite direction. I'm trying to, where I used to say theater is my number one pursuit. That's what I'm after. That's what I'm going for. And everything else has to work around that. And I find I'm more and more going, like you said, book the vacation and work around that because it's amazing i didn't used to dare to say i just did the word for word gig they offered me i said yes i'd like to do it and then i was up for another role and there was going to be a one week overlap which you know was rehearsals for one folk and tech for the other folk and i'm like um i could do this but will y'all work with me around it and and i said if you say no, then I'm just going to have to let this other opportunity go. I'm not going to sweat it because it's not like it's the last show in the world, last opportunity. And what I try to tell particularly actors who are worried about where their career is going and if they're making a big mistake, you know, you can't worry about that stuff. Sometimes the best moment in your career is when they call to say they're interested in you. And it may get no better than that. You may go through the worst experience you've ever had in a show. You may, it may, you know, cause problems in your personal life. There may be all kinds of consequences to this, you saying yes to this. Sometimes the best moment is, I I remember somebody got called by Berkeley Rep um, for an understudy role. And it was going to cause conflicts in their life. And I was like, the best thing that happened to you was knowing that that casting director knows who you are, knows, is willing to trust you to step in for this role. And at that time, Berkeley Rep didn't pay their understudies. I'm like, don't take that. You're going to pay for this privilege. You will never get to talk to the director. You may never get, unless the actors are gracious, like like I had with a, a Dorian last year, mm-hmm. where Dorian met me, talked to me, spent time with me, actually came to my rehearsals 
to help me understudy. But there are a lot of actors that are exactly the opposite. They don't want to see you. They feel like it's bad luck. They're worried about you trying to take their job. So being called by someplace, even the best, you know, biggest theater in the Bay Area may not be a good choice for you. But take that information and go, whoo, they know who I am. And when I say, oh, I'm sorry, I really can't do this right now. That only raises your status with them. Because they expect working. everybody yeah. to bend over backwards to accommodate them. When you say you can't, they got to remember Denzel came through ACT. <laughs> and at a certain point, well, yeah, I ain't got time for this. <laughs> one, one other thing I'd like to piggyback on that is when I, one of the things I talked about in the actor's guide yeah. is sometimes you will get competing projects. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you've already committed to a project and then another project comes along, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And yeah. sometimes it can't, maybe it's not a money motivation. Maybe it's a, mm-hmm. you know, who you're working with, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But if you're already on a project and you've been doing that for a couple of months or a couple of weeks, excuse me, and then mm-hmm. another project comes along, if you drop the project you already committed to, mm-hmm. that is a lasting situation. Right. Because you could tell the second project, I would love to do this, but there's a scheduling conflict. Can we work around that schedule? If not, I can't do this. But please Mm -hmm. remember me for the future. But otherwise, that's going to leave a bad taste on the first companies. And we've talked about that because you may get a high paying job in the middle of doing what you've already committed to doing. At the very least, you can tell, you know, the director or the producer or whatever, hey, listen, mm-hmm. I just got a job. I'm, you know, it could be Broadway. Right. It could be, right. you know, walking in L.A. It often is. Yeah. Yeah. Or a commercial job. And it's like, well, you know, sorry, I can't. You've got to make the choice. But yeah, you can't just make the choice. You've got to think about it, because if those people are being professional, like it happens to Central Works all the time. People get picked up for something else. I remember they were just about to go into tech on a show and somebody got hired to go to the magic. Mm. It happens and they know it happens. So when that person leaves, yeah, you're not going to be on their A list anymore for people to call, but they're not going to blacklist you because you are working at that level where they have to recognize, oh, you are that talented. Mm -hmm. But you have to make that choice because you've also just put them in a really awkward position. And if you're going to make that choice, you got to recognize it's going to have some ramifications. Yeah. Are you are you equity? I am not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you thought about it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, quick. You know what it is? Yeah. I two things. One again, I have this, you know, kick-ass daytime government job, sure. and I know that some theaters require daytime work and I just I can't give up the stability, right? Right. But the other thing is being equity also for me limits some of the places I can work. Yeah. Which me, you know, and it for you know, when I, I am in a privileged position of having theater be a job that I love mm-hmm. that I don't need to survive. Right. So and I understand that privilege. Um so if I were to go equity, then it takes away some of my potential choices for Mm -hmm. things I would like to do just for the creative side of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, I asked about that and Mm -hmm. tons of people who have sat at that, at this chair Mm -hmm. have said the exact same thing. The minute I say I'm equity, then there are dozens of theaters that I can't work for because they just don't have the money in the Bay area. And a lot of folks have said, if you're going to be equity, you need to be in New York or LA or somewhere else. I bring it up because there was an article, uh, Patty Lapone has quit equity oh <laughs> mm-hmm. you didn't hear about this no so i'll read so basically but she's she, also doing like tv right well yeah. she but equity and uh no i know that's what i'm saying she oh, doesn't need equity right right, right. <laughs> yeah you, you and you and uh, yeah i guess if you're sag after or yeah. you're doing that but here's i what bet she, she ain't quitting sag after <laughs> <laughs> but here's what she says about equity and it's the perfect reason why I withdrew from equity. 50 years to this year, I've been a card-carrying member of equity, and they don't know who I am, basically. Mm-hmm. They just said, fine, but if you want to rejoin, we're going to have to approve you. Right. And uh, she goes on. No, that's equity's attitude. Yeah. No, I am equity. I fight with the union pretty much every year. And... um you know, if you are in the Bay Area and you are not looking to go someplace else, 
that equity choice is a hard choice. Well, you brought it up. I think a lot of actors may expect equity to do things that they're not, I guess, equipped to do or they're not willing to do. They're not willing to do. They're not your agent. Their their philosophy is the old school union philosophy. Mm -hmm. And this is the 21st century, y'all. I mean, we, the membership, have had to drag them into the 21st century just by being more digital than they were being. Um, uh, I'm doing Monday Night Playground this Monday. And it's streaming. Mm Mm-hmm. And that didn't used to happen before the lockdown. But after everything shut down and theaters said, what are we going to do? We are bleeding money. We've got talent ready to go. Can we do something? Equity went, okay, we'll, we'll bend the rules a little bit. So now there is, and with equity, you still have to make a special agreement to do it. Mm-hmm. Playground is actually not under the equity agreement right, right. now. They're under SAG-AFTRA. Um, because SAG after says, oh, you got a little side project, but it's on camera. <laughs> you go ahead and do what you want to do. We don't care. I love, I just had to sign the contract. And it says um, there's a requirement for, I forget, some some benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do I want those benefits or will I defer them? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and Playground re- requests mm-hmm. that you defer it. And what you're deferring is 80% of that expense is deferred until the project makes money. Well, in a nonprofit, the project's never going to make any money. So mm-hmm. what you're really saying is, oh, I'm not going to ding the company to pay money for... If I were a regular SAG member and right. I was working at that level, that'd be one thing. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not really going in that direction, mm-hmm. then then the union is saying, we ain't worried about you if you want to agree to it. Yeah. And so... Equity doesn't give you those sorts of things. Equity is always requiring us to do it their way or the highway. To hear that, and you know, and I'm definitely, I'm starting to have that conversation with other people. I've seen actors have this conversation for years. You get older, and if you're older female, holy Moses, there are almost no roles for you. And if you're older male, there are just significantly less roles for you. Mm-hmm. What is the union doing for its older members? That question has been asked for decades. And equity shrugs its shoulders and says, that's not really what a union is about. And yeah. Like, no. It's like, yeah, because he says, you go get the job. <laughs> Once you get the job, well, we'll tell you what the rules are. The difference between other unions and equity with this is other unions, you have a regular, like a nine to five job. So that means you've got a paycheck every week. That means your money for your pension and your benefits is going in every week. Yeah. With equity, it's only when you are in a show. So if I'm an older member and I get less work, then the union is doing less for me and they're saying by the rules yeah. that they're going to do you, less And you still pay the dues. Well, you, you, only, you pay the regular annual dues, but if you're not working, you're not paying the extra dues. But still, with another job, you would be getting covered. And equity, I'm, I'm okay with the financial side of what equity is doing. I wish equity would say, you are the membership who we need to serve. Right. So let's talk about how we could serve you in another way. Mm-hmm. And no. No, yeah. what's happening is they're pushing me to join their pension. They're pushing me to join their health care. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, again, the health care, that's great if I qualify but if I fall short of my weeks this year, what are y'all going to do to me? Now, apparently, they have come up, because there's been so many complaints about it, they've come up with a system where you can pay a minimal fee to continue your health care while you're still scrambling for work. But that's that's a really thin safety net. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and it goes beyond that, because career-wise, if you're trying to build up a career, you've been busy. You've stayed busy. If you were a union member, you'd be getting lots of phone calls where they'd go, oh, you're union. And yeah, you can say, hey, let me talk to you about the union and how we could make this work. Most people don't want to hear it. Most people And that's my big, that's it. my biggest criticism of equity because you should not, as the actor, be making these conversations. Well, hey, let me tell you about it and how we can make it work and about the BAP it's and all that stuff. It's unlike any other union. I'm sorry. It yeah. just is. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll bring Kim back in. The reason I asked if you were equity because I could see you expanding. I mean, you're already in Washington, Spokane, Washington. I could see someone saying, hey, you know, we got something going on in San Diego or something like that. 
Um, oh, here. I know you get called regularly because I know I'm one of the people that says, have you talked to Kim? <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, she's busy. Like, yeah. I know she's always busy, but everybody well, says I'm always busy. I'm putting it on the record. Mm-hmm. I am actually available. See, there in November this year. Yeehaw. Oh, there yes. you go. <laughs> so I have an opening between November and December 2024. Right. Yep. All oh, right. 24. 23. I mean, 2023. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So January, the uh, second week of January 2024, I'm booked yeah. up again. All right. But you're not worried about any union, let's say, because I remember talking to Don Monique Williams, and I think there's a director's um, there's union. There's a guild. A guild. Mm-hmm. But you're not, you're, you're not, you're not union up at all. Not at all. Okay. And to be honest with you, I haven't. If if I were to join a guild, I would join a playwrights guild and a directors guild. But mm-hmm. I would probably stay away yep. from equity. Yeah. 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 Um, one last thing I want to touch. So, um, Dragon, you've been involved with Dragon Theater for a while yeah. now, and unfortunately, it's uh, right along with the exit, right along with um, Flight Deck, I believe. Um, well, Flight Deck, but yeah, now it's um, yeah piano fight. Right, exactly. Yeah, the building itself is there, but yeah. the company. Do you have a take on why, I guess, I guess some theaters make it, some theaters don't? Uh, is it just finances or whatever, or is it a more uh, abstract thing where just audiences aren't coming <clears throat> to Black Box Theater anymore? I mean, what, what are you seeing when you're, when you're out there, uh, either acting or directing? I think that the pandemic just shook a lot of people and with dragon specifically um going into you know not done two live shows with them in in 18 and 19 and then Mm -hmm. 20 happened Mm -hmm. and um there i mean everybody had to shift to virtual right yeah and there were just some individuals were like virtual is the devil Mm. Yeah. I am never gonna. Yeah. I'm not zooming shit. I'm not, anything. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching yeah, my language. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm no, not zooming. I'm not buying a, a green screen. Right. I don't care about <clears> a <throat> ring light. Like none of yeah. that was happening. And then as the the audience, we were so in, overwhelmed and inundated with right. all of the zoom from everybody. Yeah. yeah, and it's just not the same zoom theater. Yeah. It's just not the same. Mm-mm. Right. And so when Dragon ended up. Um, losing or giving up its space in Redwood City, Mm -hmm. then it became a 100% virtual theater except for the children's Mm -hmm. educational program, which didn't come back, I don't believe, until late 2021. Yeah, probably. And so how do you handle that? Sure. Mm -hmm. So what are you – and and again, I don't really know. I I was the director of Dragon X, so it was specifically a virtual Mm -hmm. uh, situation. Um, and then in October, I actually resigned from Dragon X before we found out Dragon was closing. Yeah. So December 18th was my last Dragon X. And that was mm. just because I knew that my 2023 was ridiculous. And I, right. if I can't be there to oversee my program, right. I don't want the quality to diminish. Of course. Um, but I just think that's what ended, ended, ended up being what the bottom line was, mm-hmm. is how much can you fundraise for a theater mm-hmm. that doesn't have a home? Mm-hmm. How nomadic can you be if right. you're going to have to rent out space? Then your costs are now mm-hmm. even more astronomical than if you had a space of your own. So I just think it was a, a heck of a lot going on. Yeah, I do wonder because there's some theater companies that it withstood yeah. 2020 and the pandemic. Yeah. Like Rhino was still going on and... I think about Tabard Theater and... Um, well, Tabard, I mean, going to three camera. <laughs> exactly. Whoa, and when smart. you think about, you know, like streaming and Playground San Francisco, they've done the same thing as well. And that excites me as an actor. I'm like, hey, not only am I going to be live, but there's going to be cameras. It's almost like a studio. Art. I mean, yeah. you know, the live, it's like television. Yeah. And that's exciting because now you have a reel because I'm sure they capture what's streamed. Oh, yeah. And I can use that to market myself. So some theater companies have have adapted, and some haven't. And I don't know. Well, if it's and a lot, a lot have also. I mean, a significant purport, a significant portion have just been people who've been at it in the trenches for a long time, and this was a good moment for them to stop. Like I'm surprised that Linda Ayers Fredericks is yeah. continuing mm-hmm. because she's getting older. The Phoenix, and, yeah, and Phoenix. yeah, Phoenix Theater. Um, she's getting older, and mm-hmm. and there are challenges. 
And she said, yes, I'm still in. I'm still willing to do it. There have been a lot of other people who just kind of, and it's so funny because when you listen to them and they start fussing about how hard it is and the things that they've had to put up with and blah, 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 you're like, well, that's theater. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And up until now, you've been willing to do that. But Mm -hmm. the pause, that's a good term for the, the, uh, the lockdown. The pause gave people a chance to stop and reconsider what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm curious about are where are the new places? Where are the new theater companies? Where are the new, where's the new energy coming from? Because mm-hmm. you can't stop people. Yeah. And so you've got things like Theater First is mm-hmm. trying to still trying to sort out where they're going next. Yeah. I think about Piano Fight. Yeah. Well, Piano Fight is... With Theater First, I'm worried because it is identified as a theater company... And they don't have that clear vision that they had under John Tracy. Yeah. John Tracy. Um, they've got a lot of enthusiastic people trying to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But the longer it takes, the more people are going to start burning out. So hopefully within the next year or so, they can make some choices mm-hmm. and keep it moving forward. I don't know like I don't know if you have it on the list, but there's a show coming up at Live Oak. Um, I don't know if that's the Live Oak Players which is the community theater group that's been attached to that theater for all this mm-hmm. time, or if that's a theater first. Oh. You know, and yeah. which means theater first is managing it, but not producing it. Oh, it's like a, a marriage or something, I think it's called, but I thought that was a theater first project. I, I hope so. But I, what you just said, I mean, again, I just see a lot of advertisements well, come through, so I'm not quite sure. Well, that's, and it's nice to... It's nice to see whichever it is, because I've been in that position. And when you're managing the space, that's one way of you're still curating. You're still making decisions and putting something out to the public. And that's great. It's different, of course, when it's your own baby and you're and you're bringing it. to Yeah. Life. So we'll see. I, I want to know who else is out there and what they're doing. Yeah, and, I think because I've been a part of, I've been a part of a couple of theater companies which have, you know, demise and usually mm-hmm. You do have, let's say, who the executive director or the artistic director, right. but then the, you have individuals within the organization who are young, who are vibrant, who have built the, the mm-hmm. sets in, right. who are the prime movers, I call them. Mm-hmm. And usually when they leave, mm-hmm. then Things that's fall it. Apart. Or, or, you know, the money or the, you know, the money just dries up. Right. Like, uh, you know, being with Bay Stage, you know, when Bob Zick and um, Travis Bedard, they were the guys who were the set builders and everything. They were like, hey, we're moving on to another company. Mm-hmm. That was it. Same thing with uh, EastEnders when Susan Evans decided, hey, I need to move along. Right. That, she, that was she was the, the mover and shaker, although yeah. Chuck was the actual uh, founder. Arti- yeah, yeah. founder, artistic yeah. director. So so we'll see. But I am, you know, like Theater, theater First, they, they're still powering on. Yes, they are. I think about Piano Fight, who are mixing live theater. Yeah, I guess it's theater based on, you know, the bar that they have. Um, mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're more than anything, they are a venue, like the exit. They are a place where people can bring something. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lord, the level of support that they provide is nice. Because on one level, it is minimal, but you get your time and they try to be as generous as they can with mm-hmm. that. And they bring an audience. Yeah. Well, when your audience comes and walks into a bar, and it's an old school bar, it's a neat bar, and there might be something going on on that little stage mm-hmm. at the bar, so before they've even gotten into your show, they're feeling good, and then they're told, yeah, you can take your beer in. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sure. It's um, it's an exciting thing. So, And I love that, just like the exit, they are providing that opportunity for other people. I'm... I bet you before the end of the year, we are going to start seeing some new spaces because there are, you know, the other thing is right now we're dealing with the tech Mm -hmm. bust yet another, you know, tech is going away. Tech is letting go of their offices because nobody's coming into the office. Oh, when you mean tech, you mean like the Silicon Valley? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but here like San Francisco and Oakland are starting to suffer this. And what I remember is in the nineties, this happened, there was a tech bust Mm -hmm. and it was after a tech boom. There was when all this, um, what do they call it? The um, um, venture capital. Mm-hmm. All this venture capital money got thrown at. If you had any kind of crazy idea and you put up a proposal, they did it. Yep. So Z Space moved into a space that had been completely renovated um, office space, mm-hmm. but they had taken an old office space, you know, an old warehouse space, 
and completely wired it. So it was wired for computers. It had all the fancy. So you went from rooms that had two little old school two plug outlets to rooms that had walls of outlets that were wired up for everything. Mm -hmm. And this little arts organization moved in there and just kind of went, oh, okay, I got room to grow. And they did. I think we're at that period now. I think there's a lot of spaces that have been used that are now not being used. And folks are going to find a way to sneak it, slip yeah. into those. Speaking of Zine Space, yeah, I'll be uh, stage managing there. They're doing a one-woman show, Tasha, featuring Janae oh. Simon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know more about Tasha, too. I didn't know you were... Yay! Yeah, yeah. About a woman who was killed by a cop. And right. uh, they're going to explore all of those issues and stuff. So that's going to be cool. No, I've been hearing great things about it. Yeah. Starts rehearsal. I believe the show starts February. It'll be mid-February, mm-hmm. ending mid-March. I'll... Talk more about that. Mm-hmm. We're entering the uh, the uh, the. We finished one hour. Yeah, 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 uh, any any last words, Kim? Do you want to uh, promote certain things, or what do you see yourself? Well, you've got the thing going on in uh, Spokane, Washington, but any other project? I want to. Here's one I want to ask you: Are you are you writing anything? Because you are a fantastic uh, writer. And you. when would you find time? Well, okay. <laughs> thank you, Norma G. Um, I usually when I need to write something, I'll just go away. I'll mm-hmm. lock myself in a cabin for five days and just write. And I just haven't talked about right. vacation. I haven't yeah. booked that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it'll happen. It's mm-hmm. just not happening right now. Yeah. And, and can I just say one, here are my parting words when it yeah. comes to theater. Yes. All right. So I just encourage people when you're comfortable Please come back. A lot of theaters are lifting the mask mandate. They're lifting the vaccination mandate. They're making so, it optional. They're making it optional, yeah, yeah. But please come back. And let me just say this. The one thing I love about theater is that theater is not perfect, and that's what makes it perfect. There you go. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and I've done at least three shows where um, when you're in front of a masked audience, it's a weird feeling to look out and see that. It's also comforting. It is. So anybody who wants to come and keep their mask on, you are so welcome. Yeah. It means that the theater cares for it. It cares about your health. Mm-hmm. It's not just about profit. It's about, you know, making yeah. sure that you get a good show. And also the actors are protected and the audience is protected. Yeah. So it's about respect. Mm-hmm. There you go. Birthdays. Oh, uh, quite, quite. And it's so funny. A couple of these names came up for me this week and I was like, oh, that's why. Uh, Rich Sargent um, uh, runs, I should learn the name of his little theater company. Because um, they do shows here in South Tahoe. Hmm. So uh, I think they're called like Black Ice. Something okay. like that. Anyways, birthdays today. Griffin O'Connor, who I met doing a show with SF Shakes, um, As You Like It. Um, his birthday is today. And Kristen Muir. And I believe Kristen Muir is one of those rare people who is in Oakland Public Theater performer mm-hmm. but that would have been like 20 years ago <laughs> yeah so, anyway her birthday's today uh danielle levine who is an amazing little actor um and i only say little because she is short in stature um but uh she uh, her birthday is coming up this week um taylor valentine a young man that i met way back when i first did a school tour with sf shakes um I will leave this one for you. I will leave <laughs> okay. the second one for you. Okay. Heather McLeod is not who I thought it was. Oops. Heather McLeod's birthday is coming up this week, but she's not a theater person. Um, <laughs> Din, Denmo, I will take that one from you. Denmo you Abraham's go. Go for it. birthday is coming up yeah, this week. Yeah, she's awesome. She's in Egypt. Is she? Well, she's not staying in Egypt, but she, she well, is in Egypt She's performing or doing some work Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. I've been seeing some posts of her, and yeah, you know, she's uh, nice. great a great writer. Yeah, she's an amazing performer. Uh, Catherine Castellano, um, who is... Now, you want to talk about being equity and making that work. Catherine is somebody, which means she's just not in the Bay Area very often. Because she ends up having to go across the country to work. But she's been doing it. Joy Meads, um, gosh, I think she was working at Cal Shakes when I met her. She is now working at ACT. And that was the last one I had for this week. Happy birthday, y'all. All right. Uh, my birthday list, Angel Edidokan, a wonderful um, black uh, African uh, actress. Oh, uh, she is. Right. Remember she came <clears throat> and she claimed herself to be the um, uh, a sunflower, <laughs> a living sunflower. <laughs> wonderful singer, wonderful actress. Her birthday is today. Happy birthday, Angel. Um, 
Raymond Lomax, so he's someone who I gradu- who graduated at uh, Duke Ellington School of the Arts mm-hmm. that I graduated from. Happy birthday to him. Um, let's see. Barry Graves. I'm sure you saved that for me. I did <laughs> save that one for you. He was our, of Barry course, Graves Richard Jr. Wright. Yes, yeah, right. Barry Graves Jr. Uh, his birthday will be January the 16th, two days from now. Happy birthday to him. He's back in the city now. I think we did talk a little bit about that. He was, as always, scrambling. So he's yeah. like, I don't really have time for anything. <laughs> no, he's fantastic. Um, another one who graduated from Duke Ellington, a wonderful actress, um, Priscilla Porter. I believe she's teaching at Duke Ellington now. Damn. So, uh, Precious, thank you so much, and a happy birthday to you. Um, Lamont Rogel, I think you saved that for me. I do. <laughs> His birthday is January the 17th, an amazing actor. I'd work with him. Uh, he helped us out in Four Men in Paris. He did the oh, reading, first fuck. reading. And I missed a name. Richard Talavera's birthday is oh, you, how the can, 17th. Yeah, there you go. How can you forget your best friend? I know, I know. Well, <laughs> All right. I know, a dear old friend. <laughs> yes. Lamont, uh, happy birthday to you. Uh, his birthday is January the 17th. Also the 17th, another um, uh, Ellingtonite, Monica Baker-Pena. She was one of our upperclassmen. One of the cool things about Duke Ellington School of the Arts, I keep on talking about it, is that the upperclassmen... They really helped us out, us younger actors. They were like, mm-hmm. hey, let me, yeah, here you have a monologue. Let me see you do the monologue right now. Let me work on you. And, you mm-hmm. know, so they were like little mini teachers. Right. Um, so that was the sort of support that we had at our high school. Anyway, Denmo, uh, also on January the 18th, along with Denmo, is Jennifer Medioris. Jennifer Med- Medioris. I think I'm saying it right. In any case, she and I were on stage uh, doing Candide. She's mm-hmm. a wonderful singer, she's a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. So happy birthday to you. And the last person, Jackie Castileo, who is a wonderful Philippine actress. She was in my play, Ang Espia. Oh! Which oh, was streamed at Bendelstiff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She was the mother. Yeah. <laughs> which was an adaptation of Bertrand Brecht's The Spy. Mm-hmm. So in any case, uh, Jackie, a happy birthday to you. Yeah. And that is it. Uh, shows. You want to talk about Playground? Uh, Playground is coming up. Playground's back. Playground is live and streaming. So, And we're at the Freight and Salvage. So if you've never been to the Freight and Salvage, here's your opportunity. Mm-hmm. A beautiful bu- music venue right across the street from Berkeley Rep. Um, and we've been there since the end of the pause mm-hmm. um, because uh, Berkeley Rep, when everybody was trying to open again, Berkeley Rep opened a show. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if it shut down or if they just had a lot of restrictions and cancellation, you know, dates and stuff. But anyway, it was enough of a hassle, which happened with so many theater companies. Enough of a hassle that they said, wait a minute, let's slow our roll and figure out what we're doing. And they said very wisely, if we're not letting our workers go into the theater, why are we going to bring some outside group in? So they said no. And fortunately, Freight and Salvage said exactly the opposite. We're a live performance venue that needs people to feel comfortable coming back in. So please bring your people. Yep. So we're going to be there. Um, I, and it's weird, I haven't done a, I haven't been on stage mm-hmm. in a playground show in maybe 10 years. You're not directing. Are you directing too? I'm too? not directing. You, wow. I am acting. Um, and the weird thing was like me and Mara had just started dating. So it's almost exactly 10 years. Um, we had just started dating and I got to do a piece mm. and she got to see it. So yeah, and she was... fell in love, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm I'm doing that Monday. Uh, the topic, you know, if you don't know Playground, Playground. Every the theme month, is Resolution. It's called Resolution and pl- writers are doing all kinds of different pieces. So we've got, and what I love is the selection committee. We fuss. <laughs> we are not always in agreement, but Jim has a perfect question. He says, can you live with it? It may not be perfect, but can you live with this mm-hmm. choice? And so, because if you've got four people going, we really love this, and a couple of people going, eh, and somebody going, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, but can you live with it? Eh, yeah, I can live with it. Yeah. Um, and so, the selection of pieces has a nice range this month. It'll be fun. Richard Dada Portman has a piece, Stargazers. In in uh, that, that might be the one. That might be one where. There were definitely people I love encouraging writers to try different things. Mm-hmm. And so we've got some pieces that go in different directions. If you just want that little, you know, mom and pop drama, hey, how are you doing? It's mm-hmm. the beginning of a new year. We've got some of that. <laughs> yeah. but we've also got um, ghosts and, you know, alternate futures. Huh. And oh, nice. It's fun. Awesome. Any other shows you want to push? 
Uh, not right now, but I am going to put out when we when we post this. I'm going to say to people, just really write me and tell me you're doing a show. Just make sure you yes. invite me. Because um, even if I can't make the show, I will make sure that we pump it. Exactly. And and I ask the same because a lot of times when I get these shows, I'm basically looking on Facebook. I'm looking on Instagram, mm-hmm. who, what people are posting and all that stuff. Right. So there's Monday Night Playground. Also, of course, we're going to pump everything Kim's doing. <laughs> sirens, sirens, shotgun players. That'll be January the 9th and the 10th. It streams on the 10th. And of course, you're in the show and we have a link for yes. it. There's a Theodore Rhinoceros, The Reading, Apologies to Lorraine Hansberry, U2 August Wilson. That will be, but that won't be at the, uh, I don't know what space it's in. It's at, um, I just know the address. Okay. It's <laughs> if 4229 8th Street in the Castro. Got it, got but it. But I don't it. remember the yeah. space. Oh. But we have a link. Yes. So there'll be a link and it'll be February the 7th, one day only. Mm-hmm. And then you are in uh, Slow Food at the Altarina, January the 20th through February the 19th. And uh, we have a link for that, so uh, check that out. Um, also, Brava is doing Brains Like Beauty. Cayende Coyejo. Do you know Cayende? Mm-hmm. Wow, what a small world. Yeah. <laughs> she and I, we worked on Bat Boy the Musical way back in 20, I want to say 2004, 2005. Wow. So she is directing the show. I'm so glad that she's getting back into uh, theater because she had been away for a while raising a family and all Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So in any case, we have a link for that. So check that out. Brava for Women of the Arts Theater. The play that goes wrong, Palo Alto Players is doing that. Wow. Damaris DeVito will be in that show. No, that play is very popular somehow. Yeah, this is like the second or third time I've seen it. Mm -hmm. So I've seen it advertised. That'll be January the 20th February the 5th. Uh, Aurora Theater is doing Paradise Blue. It starts January the 27th. Michael Ashbery. Do you know this one? I just worked with Anna Marie Sharp in Sirens, directed by Kathleen Ridley uh-huh. and starring Scott, Scott Cooper. Mm-hmm. But um, she's also in oh, that I saw show. A photo in Paradise. Of that. Yeah. yeah. So Anna Marie is uh-huh. being directed by Dominique Williams nice. in Paradise Blue. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we have a link for that as well. So check that out. Nanai, we've been talking about this. Uh, Town Hall Theater is doing that. That is a play written by the very talented Molly Alice Crossed, Philippine slash Jewish writer. Uh, that'll be January the 20th, 21st, 27th, 28th. So check that out. Uh, the Maskers is doing And Then There Were None. January the 27th through February the 19th. Do we know somebody now? Alicia Von Kugelgen okay. is in that. And uh, we've had her on the show twice. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, so we have a link for that as well. Uh, Barry Graves, we just talked about him, the birthday boy. He has a podcast called The Black Man's Heart, so check that out. Um, Mallory Samara, our consulting producer, she her day job is KCBS, and she has two podcasts that she talked about when we did our end-of-the-year uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. As Prescribed is a weekly conversation with leading medical experts at UCSF Medical Center. It's very cool. Very yeah. cool. And it's generational. It's Generational is a podcast that takes a deep dive on how each generation looks at things mm-hmm. differently. Right, right. They talk to multiple generations. Right, know, exactly. Folks of different generations <clears throat> about the same topic. It's yeah, like, I think the last episode that I heard was uh, working and how each generation has a different work ethic. Oh, of course. <laughs> no, because old folks are still thinking about retirement and young folks are going, <laughs> that don't even exist no more. What are y'all talking about? Right, exactly. And of course, every generation thinks that the newest generation are slackers you know mm-hmm. boomers thought that we were slackers generation xers and hey and but these stuff. these young folks got us home i love there was some job um where the supervisor was on vacation it all came up because of disney disney telling their workers they have to come back to work four days a week they had been under a three day a week that. thing yeah and um some they talked to different company but a similar situation where a supervisor said he was on vacation so he wasn't checking his messages. And when the storm hit the Bay Area, a bunch of people wrote in. They didn't ask permission, which was supposed to be the new rule. They just said, not coming in today. There you go. And that's thanks to young people going, oh, no, I'm not getting on the road in the middle of this insanity and getting killed. No, I can just log on. I'm. Yep. If you're worried about me working, you can see that I'm logged mm-hmm. on. The great thing about the pandemic has been the reduced work week. And mm-hmm. even when the pandemic is gone or is reduced to just being a cold, right. I hope that we hold on to this because it has been a lifesaver for me. Oh, yeah. Coming to work, you know, every Tuesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. And really, do you need to come in? So, right. in any case, check out the podcast. Uh, it's generational. Central Works has a podcast called um, 
the Central Work Script Club. It's a podcast where you can download and read a play script and then listen to an audio interview with the playwright. Mm-hmm. Delivered semi-annually. Uh, Bindlestiff has the Fobcast, so check that out. Also, we're still selling yay jerseys, so yay! have a jersey. Uh, we have black, we have white, and we've been posting pictures of people who've been buying our jerseys. It's only $30. Venmo me, um, you know, hit me up if you want one. Mm-hmm. And that is it. Kim, did you have a good time? I had an amazing time. Thank you again <laughs> for having me back and live for the first time. I appreciate Yay. it. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like family reunions. It's like, you know, we've all worked. Have you, have you guys been on stage together? No. No, no. No, we not. I met you when you were working with, um, they were Ubuntu at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you moved on to some other things. And then I started hearing about you acting. And then I started hearing about you directing. And I was like, Yay. <laughs> And now I'm just fielding phone calls saying, well, have you talked to Kimberly? Oh, yeah, I know. She's busy. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All righty. Well, the yay, we've been expanding. We're on the Apple Podcast app, um, and we're also on Spotify. We're on Overcast, SoundCloud, and I'm posting things on Mastodon, which is uh, the oh, thing if right. you are anti-Twitter. Right. <laughs> You could jump on Mastodon and you can check us out. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. Our Twitter feed, when as we still have it, is the A3. I'm at Reg Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. And you're still at K-H-A-O-S-S-15 at Instagram. Yep, Chaos 15. Chaos with 15, a K. right on. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a great director, writer, actress... Probably producer. Theater advocate. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Kimberly Ridgeway. All right. Let me let you guys go. Go Niners. Yeah. Those guys. <laughs> All right. In any case, they're playing the Seahawks, and we'll see how far they go. In any case, that is it. Thank you so much. And as Norman and I always say, we, we got to find, find a, a better, better sign-off. Sign and we are out.